Wow, what a powerful piece. Uh, thank you, Maddie. I, I think that could have been our preach for the day. Uh, but I'm going to come back to that story a little bit later. Again, welcome to those watching on screens in your homes, hopefully not screens in your cars. Maybe you're listening in your car. Uh, but, and obviously those joining us today in, in the room. So good to have you. And uh, anyone excited? It's Vision Sunday for us today, and we're launching a new series called V-Days, and we felt that the vision of this church collectively is more than just a Sunday, hence us doing it over four weeks. So we're going to be looking at the ministry of True Life next week, then in Ganiami, and then obviously the collective, collective mission of church, and we're going to be hearing from uh, Maritzburg guys and obviously Giba, and it's going to be an incredible uh, next couple of weeks. So make sure you tune into all of those. Obviously, today is Vision Sunday here for Kloof, and there's lots of excitement in there, and there's excitement in our hearts, and there's lots of color. There's this word believe, which I'm going to get to in a moment, and how we landed on that. But I, I trust that you're all excited to be here today. For those that are watching, I really hope that you could feel the presence of God coming through your screens and your speakers because it was just awesome, hey? Everybody in the room, just amazing to be here. Don't you love that new song, House of Miracles? That's what we're believing for, for this church, you know, that God would come alive in us and we're going to see things that we never even dreamed were possible. So I'm going to spend the next moment just, I don't know, trying to share what I feel God has placed in our hearts. This is a different message, actually. It's I didn't even approach it the same way we do all of our other series. You know, we have some points, we have some stories, we have some scriptures. But like in many ways, I, I just feel there's like stuff that I've just written down and just, I don't even know how it's going to come out. It's, it's unique in this way. And I, and I suppose that that's what vision is all about. You know, sometimes God just deposits things and we've got to kind of just outwork them. So we'll see what happens today. But uh, th that video piece in the beginning of the service spoke about 2020. And I think most of us are excited to see the back end of 2020. But at the same time, wasn't it amazing to celebrate some of the things that came out of 2020? The fact that we're doing an online service here today and had to invest into our equipment and just our media team have been an amazing blessing. Uh, but that, 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 that's a positive thing. We spoke about the relief fund and, and all these incredible things. But for us, uh, I remember <laughs> Vision Sunday a year ago. It was in end of January. So we got ordained, Jen and I's, uh, you know, the pastors of this church and my parents transitioned to us. I think we had about six Sundays, if I'm correct, six or seven Sundays of normality and everything we knew church to be kind of stopped, like uh, in terms of the gathering and what we have experienced as church over the last 20 years. Well, not everything, but I mean the gathering on a Sunday completely changed. And, uh, you know, we go into this lockdown. Some of you will have either fond memories for the lockdown or some terrible, but it was quite a scary time. Do you remember that when they told us we were going to do these three weeks of lockdown? And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, you know, and then it was extended to five and then the levels came in. And, you know, I remember also people going crazy, stocking up on food, uh, buying, a, we, we bought like a Babington set for our garden, you know, uh, and, and people just were, you know, gearing up for this, this craziness. And now a year later, we found ourselves in similar position. You know, the year did not start the way that we thought, and we've just finished that okay, but first series, but I already believe that God is still working, God is still moving as we sung, and He is still doing many, many things. But part of the last year has been difficult, I think, for many. People have lost jobs, people have lost businesses. Um, some of you even here today or watching online have lost loved ones. Uh, I know certainly for me, I've had to do a few memorials, I've attended memorials online, 
Who would have thought that was a thing? And I know it's been incredibly difficult. And even for us as a church, as much as there's been exciting things that have happened, I can't say it's been all easy. We've had to adjust, rethink things. We've had to change. We've almost had to go week to week. Even now, before the service starts, uh, you know, we have a power issue in those Old days, we're going to talk about it. We would just put the generator on and be ready to go. But there are a whole lot of the technical things that we need to work for us to be able to broadcast the service. So sorry for the delay in the stream today. But there's so many things that have changed. But unfortunately, as well, as there's been suffering in many ways, I think churches have really suffered around the world. You know, churches that don't have the resource potentially that we have, uh, churches across Africa. Um, I've spoken to many pastors that just, don't know what to do because they can't gather the same way. And with the not being allowed to gather, there's obviously a, a drop in resource in terms of giving because people aren't able to give because they don't have the technology that we have today, which enables this church to keep going. And churches are closing around the world, which I find incredibly sad. But despite the challenges, I think for us as a church, Open Skies, we are more alive and more excited for the future than ever before. Despite the challenges, I got to say that because even for us personally, there's challenges. Um, we have challenges all the time. I know that if all of you had to speak today, you would all speak of different challenges that you face. I know certainly as well, before God is going to do something powerful or be, before God is going to maybe speak something or use us in powerful ways, there's challenges. Hence the power issue earlier today. But even for us personally, we've had personal challenges, issues that we can't even share with you. Attacks against our family. There's, there's, there's issues that come to try and you know, bring us off course and kind of take us away from the vision that God has called us to do. But today, I want to speak not into those challenges, but into vision. And vision is so important. And for us, our responsibility as shepherds, as pastors of this church, and there's even people that have joined our church in the last year that we haven't even met in person, uh, you know, and we really look forward to the day where we can do that. But I really, really believe, and, and, and church, you need to open up your heart today to hear what God is wanting to say, because I really believe God is wanting to deposit something in you, but we have to exist as a church. We cannot be one of the statistics where this church just dwindles out because we can't meet anymore and there's no more resource, but we have to exist. The community needs us. There are many people that rely on us, not only those of you who are sitting in these chairs today and those watching right now, but there's people out there that need us, not only right now, but also going forward. There are friends of yours, there's family of yours that don't know Jesus, and God wants to use us, his church, to impact and reach many, many people. So I just want to say thank you so much, though, for the ongoing support and uh, belief into Open Skies Church and into the leadership here and the collective leadership. It really is humbling in many ways. We, we, we're blown away where, where we see how people in our church just get behind what we're doing, the many volunteers that even make a service like this happen. But obviously for those of you who maybe aren't part of the details of what goes on here, you just maybe as an observer today watching, you are still part of this church because you, your heart is receptive to what God is wanting to say and do in and through you. So Kloof Harvest started uh, 20 odd years ago and obviously now known as Open Skies Church. But back then the vision has never changed. 
the vision statement of our church, uh, I'm sure most of us in the room could uh, speak it out, but it is changing lives, changing the world through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And that has never changed and that will never change. And right from the beginning when my parents who are sitting in the front row here today started the church uh, in their home. I mean, it started as a Bible study, in fact. They were for those of you who don't know the story, just very briefly, they moved off the farm, uh, attended Bible college. In fact, they were first driving in from the Salt Rock, Belito, and Plali area to Bible college. And after six months, decided to rent a home just down the road here in Kloof. And while they were here, there were people and friends of theirs that uh, you knew them from various walks of life. I think some of them were some of my dad's crazy friends from his squash days. He, he was a squash player. And they said, hey, look, we, we've seen a change in you. Teach us what, we, what, what you know. And that's how a little kind of home group Bible study started. And then people started to talk about, well, maybe you should start a church. My dad was like, there is no chance. Like, I'm going back to the farm. I'm a sugar farmer. And the uh, church that we were currently part of in Mthunga started to also dream about coming alongside and helping my parents start this church. It wasn't even a church plant. It was a church birth that just started. God started it. You know, there's many church planting strategies that are around today, and I think those are, uh, you know, necessary. But this church actually just started it out of need. And that's why I was saying there is still a need today, and the community needs Open Skies Church. So this church just started in the home, and I remember it was a handful of people. It, it was pretty awkward, actually, waking up in your bedroom, walking through the kitchen, having breakfast, then walking to the lounge, and then, you know, there's people there, and then we're going to have church. I remember some interesting services, mom on the piano, myself on guitar, and there were also these percuss per, uh, like percussive instruments lying around, like tambourines and all sorts that she had that people used to sometimes pick up and play. It was, it was pretty weird. We didn't have any people in white dresses waving flags, but um, that is a thing in worship. But in those days, we didn't. But uh, it was it was an interesting time. And then we outgrew the home. We moved to the little Kloof Library Hall, which could probably seat about 60, 70 people. I can't even remember the exact details. I remember running the youth in the back little room and then the back part of the library where kids' church used to meet. And then we outgrew that. Then we needed a bigger venue. And we then moved to the Kloof Senior Primary School Hall. I remember dusty uh, parquet floors. You remember school halls, guys? Uh, I remember uh, weekly having to set up a whole rig, like sound system, carrying this heavy piano with my mom and my dad, putting in the car overhead projectors. Do you remember those? Um, and people using those that didn't quite know which was up and which was down and which was left and right. Sometimes it was even the other way around. And uh, it was an interesting time. Uh, I don't have too much time to speak into those days, but just incredible how God started to grow his church. And then we started to dream of a, a piece of land and a facility, hence this place today, um, which is just amazing. And, and I think we, you know, the miracle of this land is just incredible. This piece of land right here was vacant, and God had kept it vacant for us for many, many years. And people had offered millions for this piece of land for like a, a petrol station because it's, there's no petrol station on this off-ramp. Um, and people were like, we, we've, we've offered money. You'll never get it for a church. My dad went up to see, uh, I think, the municipality up in Peter Marisburg, was it, and said, you know, we want to buy this piece of land for a church. And the guy was saying, well, it actually is zoned for that type of uh, facility. How much you got? And my dad gave a, a very low amount, and the guy said, a little bit more. Um, remember, this piece of land was probably worth millions. He said, just a little bit more. And I think we set on around about 200,000 rand 
250,000 rand for this piece of land, which is just incredible, and then built this facility, and here we are like 20 years later, and it's not about a building, but it's about a story that God is part of, and you and I get to be an ongoing story in that vision. Changing lives, changing the world through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Bill Hybel says this, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. And my hope today at the kind of the beginning, well, we're not the beginning, we're already in end of Feb, but beginning of a, a year or our Vision Sundays is to produce some passion in you today. And we have to have passion uh, for, for us to think of a future. Andy Stanley says this, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. What could be, but it has to be fueled by a deep conviction that this has to happen. And that's why I started by saying this church has to exist. It, it, it has to happen. Andy Stanley also says this, pay the price, embrace the vision. After all, everybody ends up somewhere in life. You have the opportunity to end up somewhere on purpose. Don't you love that? I love the simplicity of some of his uh, quotes. Um, we're all going to end up somewhere, and you have the opportunity today to end up somewhere on purpose. The Bible also speaks a, a lot about vision. We sung about it today, but Proverbs 29, 18 says this, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. Some versions say, uh, you know, lack of vision, people perish. But when you follow the, the revelation of the word, Heaven's bliss fills your soul. Don't you love that? And my heart today is that heaven's bliss will fill your soul. And we're going to start to see people that are astray come back in line with what God wants for them under the revelation of the word of God, which was one of the values of our church. The values of our church is worship, excellence, servant heart, truth, and love. I love this as well when speaking about a... a a belief and to believe. You've seen this word around. I'm going to get to it in a moment, but as we move towards what we feel specifically for 2021, listen to what Mark 11 says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Don't you love the, like the, the certainty of that? It will happen, but you must really believe it really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. What are you believing for this year? Jin at Open Chapel a couple of weeks ago spoke about um, expectancy and what are you expectant for and what are you believing for and asked the question, what are you expectant for? Right now, today, what are you expectant for in your own life for this year? And every year we have a uh, a word or two, sometimes many, um, that kind of we believe that God is wanting to say. Do you remember a couple of years we had that step in and step up and step out? We've, we've had legacy, we've had shift, and that was obviously what God was saying when we shifted the leadership and God was changing gears for us. Last year, do you remember, just before lockdown, we, we, we went big on the whole thing, love God, love people as people loved by God, and we decorated the foyer, not knowing that people wouldn't be able to see the foyer through most of the year. But anyway, uh, beginning of this year, I was thinking, like, do we even need a word? I think someone in one of our teams meeting, uh, team meetings said, what's the word for the year? And we're like, I was like, I actually don't know yet. We, we're feeling some stuff, and Jen and I chatted, we were, but it was like, do we even need a word for a branding point of view? Or 
you know, is it a whole bunch of stuff? And last year we tried with the love God, love people, and that didn't go so well with, from a, a, a branding point of view, like we did the whole foyer, as I said, and it was like, that was it. And how do we actually end up loving people when we can't be with people? But when we started to think about this year, I'd shared a, a few thoughts at um, our staff devotion about, you know, belief and faith and expectancy and Jeanette feeling things around, expect the unexpected. And you need to go listen to her Open Chapel message, which she did a good job, by the way. It was her first time preaching uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's still up there on Facebook. And I think it was later that Tuesday, um, Jeanette had, had really been, I think she was driving somewhere and really been feeling about like, we just got to believe. Like people are like full of fear and doubt, but they've just got to believe like the good things that God has in store for them. And then my branding uh, brain kicks into, into gear uh, with all the businesses that I've been involved in. I'm like a branding person. I'm an aesthetics person. I see stuff like this is what it's going to look like. I see the logos. And so all the uh, stuff that I've been involved in, I design them. I'm not a graphic designer, but I just, I, I did want to go into that uh, straight out of school. But uh, I don't have all the tools and all the right programs, but I, I, I see stuff. So then we were talking about this, just believing. And I was thinking, just believe. I was like, no, like that's like the Nike thing, you know, just do it. You know, I was like, and then suddenly, like it was clear as day, uh, Jin says, like, we're talking about believe. And, and I see believe, and then I see a yellow dot, like full stop. Just believe, like full stop. That's all it is. Believe, full stop. And I think it was the Wednesday morning, I literally opened up my phone and there's a little basic kind of app where you can just, it's like a word app, it's called Pages. And I, I write the word believe and I just very specifically chose like a canary yellow, put a full stop. And then I show it to a few guys and everyone's like, we like it. And let me tell you now, ask the creative guys, when we're gonna design any graphic, any series, it's a process of weeks to get to the one that we all like. Seriously, and I'm not claiming this in any way, but I'm showing you how significant this is and how God is part of this. But they give us a whole lot of options. All the design guys, they use various designers that we've got collectively here at the church through True Life and Church. And they give us options. And we're like, nah, nah, nah. And we narrow it down. Eventually, we kind of all settle on one or two and then go with one. This, it, it was incredible. It was like, we like it. We like it. And then they even did other options. No, no, we like it. And I think it's going to go up on the screen. So this is what I saw, which is right behind me, but it's, believe yellow dot and then rich comes up to me afterwards he was like you know what's interesting hilt is us as designers and graphics people we have to stay on trend with what's current like in terms of the pantone of colors i don't know if you know this for those of you who aren't creative but if you look in the shops there's a pantone of colors that come through in fashion and you'll see similarities among stores whether it's h&m or zara or mr price or whatever it is you'll see similarities are you all with me right and you'll see colors seasonal colors so I had no idea about this. I just saw this black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Keep wanting to say that song, sing that song. But I see this, and he says, do you know for 2021, this is the Pantone of colors. And he shows me this graphic, which will go up on the screen. I'm like, that is incredible. Like black and grays, and very specifically the yellow that I saw. And I'm like, okay, I think God is up to something here. I mean, that is something I say all the time. God is always up to something. And then I'm thinking like, well, maybe is there some significance in this whole yellow thing besides the fact that it was my favorite color when I was a kid. But I mean, I don't wear yellow stuff, you know? I mean, it's not a color that works on everybody anyway, okay? But I Google symbolism of yellow in Christian context, and listen to this. In Christian context, it represents bountifulness, 
hope and victory of life over death. And how much do we need some hope right now and celebrate life over death right now where there is so much death, not only physical death, but we're seeing death to people's dreams, plans, businesses. We're seeing death to, uh, you know, first world problems like travel ideas and holidays, but we're seeing death just everywhere, death to relationships. And I think that this idea today of believe and symbolically this color yellow is going to bring some hope into our world. It speaks of freshness. It speaks of summer. It speaks of all the good things. You know, when you, um, you know, when you smell a certain smell, you're associated with something like when you smell like a pineapple, don't you think of like a, an island holiday somewhere? Anyone? It's amazing. Also, you hear a song and it takes you back to those moments. I'm hoping that as you see the freshness of belief this year and the colors, it's just going to make you come to life in a whole new way. Are you with me on that? So this was the idea that we had. And one of the things that we also wanted to add to with this idea, um, outside in our foyer, straight off to the service, there is a wall that we've redone and we're going to make it like a graffiti wall. And it says, um, I got the word wrong earlier, I believe God can dot, dot, dot. And what we want you to do is to grab one of the permanent markers and we want you to write what you believe in God for this year. What do you believe in that God can do in and through your life? And for those of you watching online, come in the week anytime and just come and write it down, okay? Leave enough space for everybody. Don't write it as like across the whole wall, but you will see there's already some examples out there. But after you've written what you believe God for, I want you to draw a little square box. And for us, it's gonna represent a checkbox. And when God answers that prayer, which he will, you're gonna come in and check that box. And we are trusting that that whole wall will be full up with prayers that have been answered because we believe God can. And you can come and just check it. Okay, are you excited about that? Write it down. Go believe God for something. When you look up the word believe, it says this, to have confidence or faith in the truth, the existence or the reliability of something or a person, although without absolute proof that the one is right in doing so. And the example they give, only if one believes in something can one act purposefully. Guys, we want you to believe in the vision that God has deposited in and through us and into your life today because I believe when we act on that and we believe in that, we can act purposefully. Are you with me? To believe in something means to be persuaded of the truth or existence of something. And I'm trusting that God is gonna rewire your brain today and you're gonna believe in the truth of who he is and the plans and purposes that he has for your life. Right, I said, I don't have any kind of special points today, but I really felt strongly three stories in the Bible, two, well, one in the Old Testament and two in the New, that I'm just gonna trust that as we read them, that it's gonna deposit something in you today, that you're gonna start to believe, because I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you believe in God for, but all I know is when you read this book, it comes alive in a whole new way and it starts to speak to your unique situation. And when you start to believe this book, man, oh man, it will change the world. So the first story is 2 Kings 4. Uh, Maddie did that beautiful piece earlier and I, and I wanna read this story and, and just bring out a couple of things in there. It says this, one day a widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Notice what Elisha says. He says, what can I do to help you? He asks the question, 
because I believe, and you'll see it as I look at the next story, God always asks us that question, what do you expect? What do you want me to do for you? And you actually have to declare it out of your own mouth. That's why you need to go and write something on the wall. So often we never receive because we don't ask. That's what the Bible says. What are you asking for today? What are you expecting God to do in your life? When you have a baby, I've never had one personally, my wife has, but you're expecting something, right? And as your stomach grows, you start to see it. You haven't physically seen it. You may have seen it on a scan. And as a husband, maybe you can feel it kicking. But until it actually comes out, that's when you actually see it. But you, in your heart and in your mind, you know what is coming. You're expecting and you're believing for a baby. What are you expecting God to do? And uh, he says to her, what, what can I do to help you? Elisha asks, tell me, what do you have in the house? What, what do you have in your hand? What is in your hand? What is God saying to you? What do you expect? What, can, what do you have in your hand? What is the gift? What is the talent that I've given you? And she says, nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil. She didn't have much. But I love the fact that even if you don't have much, God can turn it into a lot. He says, yeah, she replied, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into the house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Can you imagine what it'd be like for her? Going to ask all her friends for empty jars. They're like, what is this chick doing? Like, is she crazy? She lost her mind. Have you ever thought about that? And there are wild things that God is going to ask you to do. And other people may think you're crazy, but you just got to do what ask has called you to do. Then she says, go in, into your house with your son, shut the door behind you. It's amazing how he said, shut the door, because there are going to be people who are going to wanting to look in and go, what, 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 what's going on here? What are you up to? Are you mad? Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars. God takes the little that we have, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. There's an act of obedience there. She did what she was told. What is God asking you to do? Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. This is when the miracle happens. This is when God steps in and takes your little and turns it into much. Soon, every container was filled to the brim. Bring me another jar. I can imagine the panic. Bring me another one. I need more. She said to her sons, there aren't any more, they said. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Now, I can imagine, even though the story is powerful in many ways, there would have been a sense of disappointment. I wish I had got more jars. Can we be a church where we just throw it all out there, that we don't wish that we could have done something, but that we end up acting, being prepared on what God has called us to do. I don't want to get to the rest of my life and go, oh, I wish I had another jar. We've got to just pour it all out. We've got to be prepared, church. Don't miss what God is wanting to do. But even if we do, I love God and His grace and His mercy. Look what happened. He says, yeah, the olive oil stopped flowing. But when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. There was still enough for her to settle her debts and to live on what was left over. God is an abundant God, even when we fall short and don't come maybe potentially fully prepared. And oil often in the Old Testament is a picture of the Spirit. God is wanting to pour out His Holy Spirit into your life. We sung about it today, new wine. And in those days, they would put wine into these like they, they, they were they leather, kind of animal skins that would hold the wine. But when uh, the wine skins got old, they would start to stretch and even harden. And then they would burst if they weren't replaced every so often. So what they would need to do is, is, is you would make a new wine skin, but people would hang on to the old ones, but then they would end up losing all the wine. We need to allow God to do what he needs to in our life, to create 
the newness that he wants in us so that we can carry and contain all that he has for us. Let's be expectant. Let's be prepared. And then the other story in, in the New Testament is, I love this, and, I, and I, oh, I've been reading a lot lately, and I, I, they alluded to this story, and it just really, really made me think. Um, this is Matthew 20. As Jesus and the disciples left for the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming their way, they began shouting. They were desperate, guys, because Jesus was on their, on their way out of town, and they were knowing that this is the last chance that they have. And they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, because they were like outcasts. They were nobodies. They were beggars. They were blind. And they were like, hey, shush, keep quiet. You're going to worry the Messiah. Be quiet. And it says, but they only shouted louder. I love that. We've got to shout louder right now. This year, we've got to believe God for bigger, believe God for better. we just got to get more excited and more desperate for God to do what we believe He can do in us. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. They persisted. When Jesus heard them, He stopped. I love that, that Jesus will stop at any given time and listen to the need, listen to the ask. What is your ask for 2021? What do you believe God for? Because I believe that God will stop and will listen. He stopped and he called. Notice the same question. You see the pattern of this. What do you want me to do for you? Now, I can imagine the disciples going, uh, Jesus, are you like a little slow here? Maybe they didn't say that, but they're probably thinking that. It's like they're blind. But Jesus asked them, what do you want me to do for you? Don't you find that interesting? He wanted to see their expectation. What were they believing God for? Because let me tell you something. They could have asked for a cane. They could have asked for money. There were many other things that they could have asked for, but they asked for this. Lord, they said, we want to see. That's all they wanted. What is your ask? Because I believe sometimes we pray those small prayers, those walking stick cane prayers. Lord, I just, if, if I could just have this, then maybe you could help me in, in, in my disability. In my issues, you know, we talk about Christianity being a crutch for those that, that are broken. Yes, I get that. And, and I'm happy to admit that we need God in our life. But we've got to believe God for bigger things. We've got to believe God to heal that broken leg, spiritually speaking here. We've got to believe God to heal that heart. We've got to believe God for the big things. Let me tell you this, church, listen to this carefully. Don't pray small prayers to try and protect a God that is capable of big ones. So often we do that. We pray the small ones, well, in case God doesn't come through, I better. So some of you even now are thinking, I've got to write something on the wall. Let me just pray something small in case it doesn't happen. And then oh, maybe I can't check that box. You've got to believe God for the big things. Pray the big prayers. Pray the bold ones. Expect the big things. Don't pray the small ones. They could have prayed a small one, but they said, Lord, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. And don't you love this? Instantly they could see. And... I love this as well. Then they followed him. They continued because now they could and they followed God. And we believe as a church that we're going to see many, many, many miracles of Jesus and we're going to see many people that are going to follow on because they've seen God do a miracle. Ask and you shall receive, the Bible says, and don't ask for small because our God is a big God. So when I was sharing uh, this uh, the other day when we had a, a collective meeting, I don't even know how much time I got left here. Is there a screen? Oh, it's behind there. 
I'm almost out of time. Um, Scotty uh, phoned me afterwards and he said, I love the idea of believe. And he, he reminded me of a story which I haven't read in a while in the Bible. And I really believe that this can impact you today. Listen to this. Mark 5, 35 says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. Can you imagine how devastating that news is? Your daughter is dead. And I know there is a lot of news that you have received this past year that is devastating. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Like basically, what's the point? Just, just give up. <laughs> Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Isn't that awesome? Because that's what we felt. We were like, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. Perhaps the others had some doubt and had to be left behind. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Now you can imagine the scene. They've lost their daughter. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And I want to declare that for you today. You are not dead. You are not done. But God is about to awaken you today. But they laughed at him. And others will laugh. Others will mock. And we've had that our whole lives. People always got something to say. But after he put them all out, isn't that amazing? He had to take the doubters out, the mockers out. We need to shut off some people in our life that speak negativity into us. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. And he went in where the child was. Can you picture the senior, guys? You've got to get... This into your heart and your mind today as you read this. Don't just read this as like a fairy tale story. This actually happened. So he took the parents in and he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. You know, Jesus didn't say a whole lot, but what he said was so powerful. And I want to declare to you today, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. I believe we're gonna see some things that are gonna astonish us. He gave strict orders to not let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. I love this. <laughs> Guys, the church is not dead. This church is not dead. The church worldwide is not dead. Don't worry, God has got it. It says he builds his church. I was running this morning and while I was listening, I'm listening to a new audio book. And you know, it's a story about Peter. And he says, on this rock, I will build my church. He is building the church. And if Jesus is building the church, let me tell you, it will be built. There are gonna be many things that wanna come against it, but it is not dead. As I come into a close, um, uh, some of you know, and I alluded to it a moment ago, I've been running a lot. <laughs> and uh, I started running in November. I just really felt that I needed to get fitter and healthier. Like I could run a little bit. I could play some squash and I play some tennis every now and again, maybe some touch rugby. I was like, no, no. You know, at 43, the treadmill of life just inclines. And what you could do at that level now becomes that level. And it's the same thing. You hear what I'm saying, guys? Anyone over 40 here today? So I was like, I've got to run. And you remember that message, the decision before the decision. And I used to sleep in my running clothes. Uh, and now I can say after running consistently, I think I've run over 500 kilometers, not as much as Dean, who's here today, who runs like that in a month, right? 
I think this month I've run 140 Ks. I've lost 12 kgs, woohoo, okay. Have been eating healthy as well. Um, and I've pretty much halved my running times, which is per K, which is amazing what actually we're all capable of if we just put our mind to it. But yesterday, was it yesterday? I was running. I run a lot now, so I ran to church this morning as well. But I was running and I was really pushing my last uh, K and trying to get my time you know, down and just really push the time. It was actually the day before yesterday. And um, let's just be honest here. How many of you guys, when you run and you're kind of coming in to finish, you've pictured yourself winning the comrades? <laughs> Come on, he's going to be brave enough to admit that. Come on. Yes, it's only like two or three. It's like, can you imagine running into that stadium, grabbing the, you know, the, the, the scroll, which is the message from the mayor of Maritzburg or Durban to each other, and you grab a rose? Or is it just the ladies that grab a rose? Just the ladies, I don't know. Anyway, you grab that and you can imagine the, the crowd like erupting and you, you're running in and as you come into that final straight, you see the finish line, you see the time, five hours, 15, because you're gonna break the record. Okay, guys, in no ways do I think that's gonna happen with me, just, just, just to be clear, but allow, allow yourself and me to dream a little bit. But you know, you, you're running through and, and you almost, and when sometimes I run, that, that feeling, you, or you just think about what it would feel like. And as I was running the other day and thinking about that moment, what it would be like, and grabbing that message, God spoke to me. I don't know if it was sweat or tears, but I'm running and He said, Elton, the message you carry is far more important than winning a comrade. It's a message of hope. It's a message of life. And the church, when it carries that message in its heart, oh man, oh man, do we see the world around us change? And I've often looked at my life and thought, God, why have you asked me to do what you call me to do? Feeling like maybe sometimes I should have done something else. Just being honest here, when perhaps there's more success in the world's eyes. But God reminded me of the message that He carries in my heart and that He wants me to grab hold of that scroll and deliver a message to the world that is far more powerful than a message of mayor to mayor, but it's a message that can change the world. And the good news today is it's not just me that carries that message, it's you. You watching today, you carry that message of hope. I see hearts filled today. I see this venue full one day with people that have received that message. I see our community full of hope and life because of this message. And I see God doing greater things that we can even think, dream, or imagine if we just believe. What are you believing for in your world? You see, transforming the world is quite a bold statement, but God has given your world, your own world, what are you expecting God to do in 2021? I believe God wants to do incredible things and you just simply got to believe. And as we close this message today, and I hope it's come across in the way that God wanted it to today, I want us to stand and pray a prayer. If you're driving, do not stand in your car. But if you're in the auditorium today, stand. And if you are sitting at home, you're on your bed or in the lounge, I want you to stand. And we're going to pray a very short, simple prayer, and it's a scripture.
from Ephesians 3.20. It'll be up on the screen. And if we can say this together. Are you ready? Now all glory to God. Is it on the screens? Not yet. There it is. Let's say it again. Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that for your life? Because God wants to accomplish amazing things in and through you. Close your eyes just for a moment. God, we thank you for placing us for such a time as this, in this community, in this church, in whatever family you find yourself in or whatever business you find yourself in. God, thank you for the people that you have placed around us. God, today, I pray more than ever that there would be such a deposit of faith and hope in people that people will begin to believe, Lord, what you have called us to do. And Lord, collectively, when people believe, we're gonna see incredible things when we put our faith and our hope in you, God. And Lord, today, I pray that faith will be stirred in people's lives where there has been hope, where there has been death, lack of hope and where there's been death in people. God, I pray that you would come alive in a whole new way today in Jesus' name. God, would you stir us today? We simply believe in your goodness. Right now, Lord God, would you move by your spirit because there's nothing I can say that can do it. But God, right now by your spirit, would you renew hope in people today? We believe. Say that to him today. I believe. I believe. And if you're watching this today and you don't believe, but you would like to believe, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say a prayer. Maybe you've never been to church. Maybe you're just watching this because someone sent you a link. Or I don't even know how you discovered it. But you say, man, this is, this is inspiring. I'd like to believe. I'd like to believe in the good things God has for my life. You need to do something with me, and that's to pray a prayer. It's a prayer of surrender, saying, God, I give up. And I ask you to take over. And you ask God to come into your life. And I want to give you an opportunity to say that. If anyone in the room here today or anyone watching right now, pray this together. And if I can ask everybody to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For forgiving me and setting me free. Lord, I turn from my past. And I look forward to a new future with you as Lord of my life. And I believe in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks, Phil. Um, man, what a powerful message. And we said this a couple times, but the presence of God is tangible in the room. And we trust in God that it's tangible for those of you that are watching online. And I don't know what God's been saying to you, but perhaps it's more than just walking away from this message. Maybe some of you right now, maybe some of you need to carve out some time in the week to get a journal out, get your phone out and sit down and say, God, what are you asking me to believe for? I love the story that Hill shared about the jars and perhaps even believing God for things that are too small. 
or too selfish. Maybe God is asking you to believe for large things, great things, things that are outside of yourself, things that will affect your business and community and city. So why don't you take a moment either at the end of the service or perhaps in the week to go, God, okay, I'm going to carve out time and I'm going to believe you for these things. We have one or two more things that we want to uh, just do with you and share with you. So don't leave. Um, there is more in the service, but we do want to take a moment to take up our tithes and offerings. And I thought to just share this thought uh, with you guys today. There are many of you in our church that tithe, give you 10%, the first 10%, your first fruits to God. Many of you that offer and serve and sow into many of the ministries that go on here. And I think after a message like today, you can take full confidence that the work that's being produced here, the sowing that you're giving, there is great fruit, there's great harvest. And really just want to thank all those that have continued to sow into the work of this church. And we're believing that this next year, 2021, we're going to see growth and expansion. And there are many things that we're believing and praying as a leadership and as a pastoral team for this church, for our city, uh, for the ministries. And so be encouraged as you give today. We're going to give you a moment uh, to give. The zapper code is going to come on. But before we do that, I'm going to pray because we believe that God, even with the little, as we've heard, can do a lot. So come Come on, won't you pray with me? Father, thank you for the giving that is so generously sown into this ministry, this church, this house, and the ripple effect that it has in communities and cities around the world, God. And we thank you, Father, for the generosity of our church. We ask that you would bless the giving, that you would multiply it, and you would use it to touch and change people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The Zappa code is going to come up in a moment, but don't log off for those who are online with us. We have something special that we want to do with you straight after this offering moment.